Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuccinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Active Spirituality with Pamela Cuccinell and Susie Mazzoli. And here we are, week 23 of 2021. We are in the middle of the year, almost nearly, and uh, looking at June the 7th, the week starting Monday, June the 7th, as always, Pam is going to provide the astrology and I'm going to jump in with our meditation. And uh, what's in store? Heading towards the second eclipse of uh, spring 2021. And as I mentioned last time when I was talking about the eclipse cycle, these eclipses last occurred in... 2002 so if you remember that point in time for you in the spring what was going on what was triggering in your life there can be an echo of that theme not necessarily the same event but something that moves along that is ideally building on whatever happened at that point in time and the information you gleaned from it and where you are at this point in time. <clears throat> so Monday the 7th, the moon is in the sign of Taurus. It's a very well-aspected moon. Uh, the thing to keep in mind is that we are, we are in a period that is highly effective towards pushing through something, making something come to pass. So this is the waning moon cycle. The new moon solar eclipse happens on the 10th. So complete, integrate, pull things together. That's a perfect way to utilize this day to go in a direction that has to do with, I am finishing this up. I am laying out a solid foundation for what I'm springing into in the waxing moon cycle, or I'm deciding to move past something that is really done. With the moon in Taurus, it can be a physical thing. So that doesn't necessarily mean of the body, although it could, but it means something that has a material manifestation. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be about this, but if you're working with something that's material, project-oriented, a, a product in some way, moving physical stuff, finishing up home repair, 
a job you've been doing that has a tangible result. All these things are terrific to utilize at this point in time. The idea is that this day is particularly fruitful when you stay the course. You're working on something that you want to bring to fruition and carry through. On the other hand, you might want to just use this lovely day, this productive day, for savoring the moment, for being in the natural environment, being somewhere where you can absorb a lot of uh, visual stimulus, art museum, projects that have to do with gardening or being somewhere absolutely beautiful that fills the senses, uh, touch, smell, taste, all these things are so emphasized on this day. I would say it's almost a hallucinogenic uh, day where everything is seems brighter, uh, more lush, uh, stimulus even more sensitive to. On Tuesday the 8th, the moon is in the sign of Taurus, and it goes void, of course, at 11.07 a.m. Eastern Time, which means at that point in time, it is no longer going to make a geometric uh, configuration with another planet before it changes signs. So this gives us basically a few hours where we really want to be, just be, because Taurus likes to sit somewhere, be present, absorb the beauty around. Uh, so if you can do that for yourself, how lucky you are. Um, at the very least, avoid starting anything new until we get to when the moon enters the sign of Gemini at 2.47 p.m. But what we want to keep in mind at that point in time is that Mercury is still retrograde. When the moon is in Gemini, it, it can be even clunkier. We can feel more a sense of, oh, I didn't do that or that didn't happen the way I intended and um, miss that um, bad connection, all those things that seem to occur when Mercury's retrograde. And it seems as though things are just not going as they should or as you'd like them to. And the other thing to keep in mind is because as the moon's traveling, it will be making geometric pictures with uh, planets, especially at its endgame, Neptune, which suggests an added layer of confusion. So I think on Tuesday in the afternoon, evening, we can... It's almost as though too much information is coming in, too many choices, too many options, which makes it really difficult to decide which way to go. Now, with Mercury retrograde, it's very important to reconsider, research, 
make sure you have all the uh, information you need. And I would say if you can avoid taking action over the next couple of days, even better. But um, part of the confusion may come from what is it I want to complete, finish up, make happen? And that's why if you did your due diligence on Monday and really sort of set your goals on what needed to get wrapped up as we head towards that new moon, you're not going to be as conflicted or thrown on Tuesday and Wednesday because in this dark of moon period, which just gets heightened as we get closer to the new moon, in the dark of moon period, the best thing to do is to think in terms of what am I recycling? Um, what ideas need to maybe go away or maybe be thought of differently? So to give an example, let's say you've always uh, wanted to write a book about flowers but it's become clear to you that you have many other things, many other projects that have major importance. And that book on flowers is just doesn't have a priority importance for you. But there's something about the essence of it that is a seed energy that is going to go some other place for you. You don't know what it is, but you know that you've had this kind of theme going and you're clear now you don't know enough about flowers or that's not what you're going to write about but there's still something in that essence that has a pull so it's good to maybe put up a picture or a little um, some kind of signature or image or quote that reminds you of what was what was pulling you to that but you make peace with the fact that that is just not where you're going to be spending your energy so what happens in the dark of moon is you basically you're saying this is something I want to appreciate give reverence to and honor in the same way that ancestors may come to you or people who've passed um, places you've been loving memories and it's there for us but it's not appropriate to carry into the next lunar cycle so we want to acknowledge honor when it comes up but not spend an inordinate time on it or certainly rue anything that didn't work out or come the way we wanted it to in the experience or the knowing or the essence or the memory that is usually enough it's when we get stuck thinking oh you know i should have done this or i wish i had that that we we catch ourselves in the snare of what I like to call the alternate reality, because we're really using whatever that was as fuel to where we're gonna go. So that's why I think of the dark of moon 
which a lot of people might talk about letting go, I see it more as composting. How do you put that stuff in to your composter so that it burns and becomes something else? Because that's what we're doing with the dark of moon leading into the new moon energy. And so the composter, of course, is dark. It puts the energy in and it does something with the energy that becomes new. So that's what we're doing. Yes, it's it's about endings, but through the endings, through the decomposition of leaves in autumn in the Northeast, that's what creates the rich loam and soil. So Wednesday, further on with what I've been talking about, may not feel as fraught as perhaps Tuesday did with the ambivalent energy because it's it's a little more of a decisive-oriented day on whatever we're doing, wrapping up, um, heading towards. And because that eclipse on the 10th is a... To quote Bernadette Brady, who's written quite a bit about eclipses and fixed stars, she's a really wonderful uh, uh, research astrologer. She says about this particular Saros cycle, this particular uh, new moon that happens on the 10th, she calls it a very unusual Saros series. The Saros series are um, eclipse series that happen every 18 years and change, involving sudden flashes of ideas that seem to have a psychic or unconscious flavor to them. Hunches, visions, prophetic dreams are the essence of this family of eclipses. A truly creative series, which should leave the individual enriched. The ideas or hunches which come from this eclipse can be acted on. So the eclipse is exact at the new moon at 6.53 a.m. on Thursday the 10th. And for those who know the degrees in their horoscope, it occurs at 19 Gemini, 47 minutes. And this eclipse, because of the picture in the sky this particular year, <clears throat> has an added layer of mysticism which can feel like confusion because neptune's involved but i think that also speaks to the high creativity of it and we are in a point in time when high creativity is absolutely required it can also feel for some people Neptune being on the axis that has to do with victim to the savior, artist, and um, all different degrees of how one imprisons themselves or ascends into highest octaves of love. So it's, it's quite, a, um, quite a journey for someone to travel where they can feel entrapped in an idea to when they feel liberated by what used to entrap them. And I think part of that is we're coming, we're not really coming out of the pandemic, but we're coming out of a lot of the confusion and entrapment that 
may have been felt. And so now we're moving more into the shifts that are occurring as certain decisions have been made and movement is starting to happen uh, wherever a person is on the spectrum of their self-care or care of community or um, allegiance to science or allegiance to whatever feels like their truth. But as we move through this, we also are in a time that is a lot about creative actualization. So a lot of how we move through and what we decide to do has to do with information we receive, but not just like words, but the information is also in clarity with really honing intuition. And part of the light year jump that I think is going to happen as people come out from underground uh, after being more contained is a higher sophistication of intuition because many people have become more comfortable with inner dialogue and ways of seeking. Um, Also, other people have become more comfortable with self-medication and ways of (laughs) kind of hiding. And that's the other end of the spectrum of Neptune. So uh, this eclipse is a catalyst for where are we at in that revelatory experience of self-knowing or um, fear of connection. And the moon goes void, of course, at 1.38 p.m. And it's void, of course, for the rest of the day. So it's a wonderful day to kind of sift through information received. Expect that day to be kind of um, almost like blinking lights, you know, somebody like turning things off and on, uh, energy surges. There will probably be activity in the news um, about decisions made or something unexpected or something revealed. And the best way to spend the rest of the day once we're in the void time is to sit with whatever information, insight, or revelation has come through. And if nothing obvious has come through, you can also reflect back to 2002 and you can think about what it is you'd like to implement and put in place as we start to peel off what has been a very layered year and a half because however in a Gemini way however people relate in the neighborhood is going to be different and Children, youth will lead the way. 
Friday the 11th, the moon enters the sign of cancer at 3.23 a.m. And it's in that um, picture or that movement until Sunday the 13th, 7.16 a.m. And this is challenging energy. This isn't often at when eclipses first strike. And we say this in general with new moons. When the new moon first happens, it's not necessarily the best day to begin something. And that is on steroids with the eclipses because it's everything is kind of volatile it's very very hot energetically and so these couple of days post eclipse are they're they're kind of power struggle days and the most important power struggle to deal with is the one that may be happening within you so that's why it's so important to sit with whatever has come up for you after this eclipse and really kind of sift through it. You're, you're like the old prospector kind of sifting through the sieve and looking to see where the gold nuggets are. Where are the things that you actually want to hold dear and work on to really shine with? And so I would say, if possible, do not rush yourself on these couple of days they can be highly emotional with the moon and cancer either you may feel that way um, or someone close to you or working with you um, even just a, an exchange with a stranger people are moody and they're triggered over the next couple of days and if you're feeling that within you you really want to slow down and try to discover where, what is the root of that feeling? Because what you think it is, if you think you're just irritated trying to get somebody on a service line call, it's deeper than that. It's way, way deeper than that. Um, on the 13th, the moon goes void, of course, at 7.16 a.m. This morning is particularly bumpy and a bit volatile, a bit um, emotional. And the moon travels uh, without void, of course, for uh, all morning into mid-afternoon when it enters Leo at 2.22 p.m. So I would... I can't recommend enough a restorative uh, weekend if possible, but especially on Sunday, if you can be by a body of water and just space out, lucky you. And then once the moon is in the sign of Leo, it is beautifully aspected. It has a couple of bumps it has to get through, but it's excellent for carrying where you want to go with whatever that new moon eclipse revealed to you and be comfortable with the unknowing. Move, move past anxiety. And the thing that always moves us past anxiety if we allow ourselves to do it is calming breath. And now I turn it over to Susie. With her calming breath. <laughs> Indeed. 
Okay, so I invite everyone to take 10 minutes, take a few deeper breaths as we switch our minds from listening to information to listening to energy. And just take your time to feel your body, Notice where your mind's at and just gently coming to a place of stillness. And as we come to that place of stillness, recognising the self, this is me, this is all me, and how I see the world, how I see things around me, that's also all me, my perception, my understanding, whether I'm wearing glasses that are kaleidoscopic in nature, whether I'm wearing rose-tinted glasses, whether my glasses are full of all sorts of smudges and blurry. It's all me. The world that I see is all according to my perception, my understanding. And as we deepen into that sense of responsibility really, we recognise that in every single moment there is a choice, a choice to perceive things in a certain way, a choice to understand things in a certain way. And from that choice we can react, we can respond, we can feel, we can analyse. We have the choice in every moment. We have the choice to make lemonade. So again, just reminding ourselves that we can take things on, we can be active, we can be engaged, we can be passionate, we can do good in the world and we can also take things really personally, we can take things as painful we can take things and really get aggravated or we can choose to take a different view, a view that is not about our ego and not about our past. we can take a choice that has more to do with 
what we might call the bird's eye view, the higher view, seeing the forest, seeing what can I do in this situation, in every situation that's for the highest good of all and not getting caught up again and again and again as we always do in the drama, in the trauma. And just visualise now all of the little things that I like to see actually as a hook, all of my hooks that might be reaching out like a coat hook on a door. Just see all of the hooks that keep getting caught in things, that keep getting stuff from the world caught on you where you get pulled into the drama or pulled into the trauma or where your ego gets insulted. How can they say that? How can they do that? Or when you get caught into the suffering in the world. And we're not saying that we become numb. We're not saying that we become incapable of action but we can do all of these things in the world to help from a different place, from a different type of attitude that is coming more from compassion than reaction of ego, that is coming more from a very general loving kindness that is not attached to the situation, not attached to the person or attached to the world not attached to the illusion of these so-called three dimensions of reality, of time. But how can we come from a place that is really neutral, that is really about compassion on its deepest level? So just visualise all of these little hooks that we might have, the things that we're so attached to from our past, our drama, our trauma, all of the stuff that has happened to us, and just allow them not to be taken away, not to be released, not to be let go of because they're just going to still be out there in the world if we think in that dualistic way. Just allow them now to energetically be transmuted, to be transformed. Feel them becoming wisdom. All of our little hooks, all of the things that we get caught up on in the world, just feel everything gently and sweetly gracefully becoming wisdom so that the next time that little hook might have been activated, instead our response is compassion. Compassion to ourself, compassion to the world, compassion 
in all directions. And we remember, we recognize, we know that every time we have this uh, jump to anger or reaction, this jump to hurt or frustration, every time we can feel ourselves going towards that disharmonious state of mind or state of being, every time it's a choice to see it as an opportunity to grow, to come more into a more graceful state, Aha, there goes my opportunity. Here it comes. Let me let me jump on that opportunity. Take the higher view and become again more graceful, more peaceful, more kind, more loving, more sweet, more generous. More generous of my love, of my time. And all of those disagreeable, disharmonious states of mind become simply compassion. And as we breathe in the compassion and breathe out the compassion, we breathe in the compassion for every being everywhere, and we breathe out the compassion for all beings everywhere. We breathe out the compassion for all beings to know this state of peace, to be free from suffering. And as we gently open our eyes, recognizing that this is a state of being we can always be in, Thank you so much, everybody. Hoping that you are in a peaceful state and you can be there. Lots of love. Thanks so much, Pam. See you all next week. Love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of ActiveSpirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and have a great week.